we saw how in the beginning of creation, when nothing was created in, the, in the utter darkness and chaos, the Holy Spirit was, was hovering around this, this uh, empty and void and, and formless creation. And when the, when the Son of God, the Word of God spoke, let there be light, the Holy Spirit, the power of God came out and was created. That same power of the Holy Spirit is the same Spirit that, that made God in, in the divinity of God become poor, become a child, become a little seed and come into a woman and take on the form of sinful people like you and me. And it is that same spirit that raised him from the dead. It's the same spirit that gave birth to all Christians, the church. And it's the same spirit that's going to prepare us for the return of Jesus Christ. It's the most important thing we have to focus because something, whenever we're faced with something bigger than ourselves, the Holy Spirit is there to say, look, remember who Christ is. Remember what God is doing and he is always building something. So this Advent season, I think it was the most meaningful for me because it made sense. Not just the Christmas tree, the Advent trees, but it kind of made sense. I realized, why do we spend these four weeks to talk about Christmas? The Lord wants to teach us to focus on what the Holy Spirit is doing. So today I want to share with you the second part of this Advent series, Fulfilling God's Story. You know, uh, last week when we talked about Mary, uh, she, uh, the, the point was that Mary wasn't the only one who experienced the miracle. She experienced a miracle, right, without knowing any man. Being a virgin, all of a sudden she had a child. That has never happened again and probably will not happen again. doesn't have to. But it wasn't only her. What was amazing about the story is God knew that Mary needed comforting because what she was about to go through was going to ruin her life. It changed her. Her life was never the same. But she wasn't alone. Her cousin, who happened to be much older, decades older than a high money, a grandma, all of a sudden gets pregnant. All her life she was barren. And therefore what happens is Mary goes to visit Elizabeth and it says that the moment that Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the Holy Spirit filled her and then the baby left in her room who's John the Baptist. And so when they met, it says that Mary stayed with her for three months. Why? Obviously because they needed comfort, encouragement. Friends, I want you to folk understand this. When the Holy Spirit moves, he always makes a fellowship. He always brings people who are willing and who can say yes to God. He puts us together. Amen. And so today, I, I, uh, as John read for us in our passage, there's another person that the Holy Spirit made sure will become an ally to Mary, Mary's fiance, Joseph himself. Obviously, after Joseph found out, he's still dating her. They're not married yet. Right? Uh, he's just fiancé. And all of a sudden, she's like throwing up and like, he's like, what's going on, honey? Like, are you okay? Like, she's like, oh, I can't eat sushi anymore. I can't do it. Don't, don't give me alcohol. Don't give me the wine. And, th and then she says, why? It's because I'm pregnant. And Joseph says, what? And Joseph, who did it? Right? And then Mary's like, the Holy Spirit. And he's like, no way. There's no way you're going to fool me. But then what happens is, as we read, angel appears to him in the sleep and says this to him, Joseph, son of David. He was in the lineage of King David. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So today we see the angel appearing to Joseph in his sleep, and he delivers a crucial message from God. Now Joseph realizes Mary's not lying. And 
that now Joseph has a duty to support her, protect her, and to join her in accomplishing, fulfilling this plan of God. So the message to Joseph is, do not worry. This is not a mistake from God. He has been planning this from long ago, right? Because it's a very scary time for all of them. And then, the, and then, uh, and then he says this in the verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Before the angel came to him, and spoke to him and said, this is God's work. This is God's doing. Joseph, he was a good man, and he, had a, he was a reasonable man, and also he was a virtuous man. In fact, I, I acted out how he would be, but he was, he was probably a very gentleman, and he was a virtuous man. The reason why is, look at it, it says here. He was a righteous man. Joseph, ladies and lady, any single ladies here? Joseph is the kind of man you want to marry, Amen. Yes, because look what he says. Joseph, he could have gotten angry at her, you know, but for her sake, to protect her, he thought about how can I help Mary even before the angel came. And he says because he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. In fact, if it was any other man, they would have thrown her out. They would have put it on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Instagram saying, my wife, you know, cheated on me. You know, don't, don't, don't be her, her friend, right? Whatever you do on social media. But instead of that, he wanted to discreetly, quietly, as if nothing happened. No TikTok about this, just, just quietly. Why? Because he was concerned about Mary. It's a good man. You kind of want a man like that. It's not all about himself. It's about you as, as, a, as a girl. But, he, but see, he was about to abort the plan of God without getting the message from God. He had no idea this was God's doing, and he was about to stand, he thought, was in a righteous way, but he was going to go against God. So God saved him by sending the angel in history. What it shows us is that sometimes your own goodness and character and discipline, your own reason, sometimes is not aligned with God who is far above your own thoughts. He does things that you can't even imagine, you can't even understand. In Isaiah 55, it says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your, than your thoughts. So is the word that goes out from my mouth. As, as the wisest guy in all of human race, Solomon said in Proverbs 3, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not on your own understanding. But here is an example of Joseph, very reasonable, very respected, very righteous, fearing God, still could not figure out the word of God apart from God's revelation. He was about to default. He was about to destroy the work of God if he divorced her quietly in that moment. Right? You can't fault Joseph. He was going to do the right thing. But God's saying, no, 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 I am beyond the right thing. Pay attention to what I'm doing. So in all of this, uh, Joseph, as he was thinking about it in verse 20, right? We just read this, that he considered, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream and said, take her. This is what the Holy Spirit has done. So God comes to Joseph, who cannot understand what's happening. He gives him comfort. He gives him a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of understanding. He says, aha, I sometimes work in a way you cannot understand and has never been done before, but are you willing to go for it? And the good news is he takes her, he, he, he accepts the message, and he, put, and he continues to share his life with Mary 
willing to bear the disgrace that Mary was about to have by the people around, by the society that didn't, that didn't welcome God. So, but this is what I want to share with you, that how did God encourage Joseph? There's a specific detail that's in this. So the angel continues by saying, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Then he goes in verse 22, the angel says, all this, and that this is a huge this, this thing that's changing your life, that all of your plans, all of your uh, savings, all of your uh, dreams now shattered because of what God wants to do, all of this is actually a reason, is, is, is to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. What God showed Joseph is that, Joseph, you feel like this is just a destruction. You feel like right now God is out of control. What in the world is going on? But I assure you, God is fully in control. He's been planning this since the beginning of time. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The angel quotes Isaiah 7, which is written about 750 years ago. This plan that Mary simply said yes to God was not created by God, who at the last minute, he's freaking out in heaven. What do I do for all of mankind? And says, let's just, you know, go into this girl and then let's become, let's, let's bring Jesus to the earth. No, no, this was planned by God more than 750 years ago. In fact, it goes further than that. Even further in, uh, remember when we read 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20, he said that Jesus was chosen before the creation of the world to become the son of God, and to die on the cross so you and I can be saved. Before the creation of the world, God already decided, I'm not letting my children go. I'm not letting my people be destroyed and go to hell and be separate from me. I'm providing my son, the blood of Jesus. He chose that decision to save us since the beginning of time. And ever since, he has been orchestrating the way of history, the perfect time and place and moment Jesus would arrive. So, the promises of God, for example, in the scripture, right, all the, as I mentioned, Old Testament is written about thousands of years, over the span of 4,000 years. It's amazing. Over, uh, what was it, uh, 70 or 80 different authors. In all of the time, when we look at the Old Testament, there's 450 prophecies about Jesus who's going to come as the Messiah and will be born of a virgin. And he says, of the greatness of his government, there will be no end. For he will be called the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So all of this to say, the angel was telling Joseph, Joseph, your life is not a mess. You haven't failed. You ha there's no need for you to be despaired. No need for you to be worried and afraid. Because why? God knew this. God is doing something. And I'm, I'm asking you to trust in the Lord in this crazy situation. Just like Joseph just like Mary, there comes moments in our lives where we ask this question, is God in control? Or is he distracted? Did he forget? Did he drop the ball? Is he too old now? Is he asleep? Because Joseph probably could have, you know, before the angel visited him, had many thoughts thinking, man, God, I've been living for you all these years, and why this catastrophe? Why this woman that I love, and we made a promise why are you ruining our lives? Are you in control? <sighs> Be careful in those moments when hardship come and trials come that makes you question, just like Joseph. Even Mary, 
she probably thought, why me, Lord? Why now? Because in these moments we're led to question God, we can come close to a moment where of making a mistake. And thank God, Mary and Joseph did not. You can doubt. You can be angry. You can be sad. You can grieve the loss. But at the end, they said yes to God. Remember what Mary said? I am the Lord's servant. May the word that you speak to me come to pass. Because Joseph and Mary could have aborted the plan of God. They could have said, no, God, I want you to go visit my neighbor. Instead of me, just um, our, our friends, uh, Jane and Alex, they are great, right? They're just like us. They're, they're about to get married. Why don't you go tell them? I think they'll be really, really willing. They're pastor's kids. Don't talk to us, right? They could have done that. So here's the thing. When God is definitely, the question to this is, yes, he is in control, but so are we. Right? That's why life is sometimes really chaotic because God has a plan and he is fulfilling this plan. He's doing everything he can. And in Christ, he has already done everything that he can. But we also have the control. Many times we actually, like Mary and Joseph, we say yes to God and we let the work of God be sped through and go as scheduled. Or we can take our control, rebel and, and deny him. And after we doubt, we stay in that doubt, in that bitterness, and we slow down. We derail the plan of God. Yes, God is in control. But why is sometimes life really out of control? It's because we actually have our hands, our responsibility to join either God's plans or say, no, 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 God, I don't agree with that. I'm not ready to have this child. I don't want it. And we can delay the plan of God. Because it could have been the same. It could have been Mary, when the angel came, Mary said, talk to the hand, come back later. And God might have come back, but then it could have been a different story, right? God is big enough that no matter how, what kind of mistakes you make, he's able to walk around. But just like the Israelites, they didn't have to spend 40 years in the desert. They could have maybe spent 20 it could have maybe spent just one year, but it was their disbelief, their arguing, their complaining, their disbelief in God. Despite all the miracles, their heart was hardened, and God had to work with them for 40 years. Eventually, they all died, and only Joshua and Caleb went in and his, his tribes. So, friends, this is a very important message today in the life, in this account of how Joseph he dealt with this news that shattered his life. He had a moment to decide, is God in control? Do I trust him in this? Or will I say, God, I thank you, praise you, here's my offering, but I'm done. I'm not going through, right? That's the moment that we all have, and I pray in Jesus' name that you, just like Mary and Joseph, would have the the faith in your heart to say, God, it doesn't make sense. I hate what's happening. I feel like you're out of control. But, Lord, I say thank you. And, again, the beautiful, the, the gospel in this is this. Even though, let's say you, unlike Mary and Joseph, maybe you aborted the plan of God. Maybe God made it clear. He says, hey, I want you to do this. And maybe you rebelled. But guess what? Remember what our scripture said. He is God who is with us, Emmanuel. I realized this as I was preparing this message. God is God with us, not God over us. He's willing. If you want to go to the wilderness away from God, he's going to follow you. But he's not going to choke you and, and drag you and, and throw you on the ground and kick you and say, get back on track. Sometimes we expect God to do that, and God doesn't do that, but he lets the circumstance teach you the lesson, right? But God is with you. So even though you take the, back, the, the, uh, the, 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 
the plan B, plan C, whatever it is that God wants to do, he, the good news is he's willing. But I pray that you would have the moment to look into your heart and say, God, I say yes to your plan B. I want to be part of the wonderful piece of why I'm alive. There has to be a reason, and I want to understand it. I pray that we would have the courage this Christmas season to say to God, God, however crazy your plan is, just like Mary, just like Joseph, I say yes, and just give me a sign. Lord, I'm ready for the miracles. I'm ready for the impossible. I'm ready to make my life be aligned with your plans and to fulfill God's work. I don't want to be against you anymore. It's an invitation God gives to each and every one of us. Because it's true, when Mary said yes to God, I, I sometimes we wish, sometimes we think that once we you know, join God's control, he's going to happen right away, right? We wish that it would happen, but God, who sees all things and who has a plan better than you can ever imagine, he's working things even when you do not see it. And just like Mary, when she had the child, she said yes on day one and she was conceived, but then she had to say yes all the way through month three, month six, second trimester, seven, eight, nine. She had to keep on saying yes because at any moment she could have said no. She could have aborted and she could have left. But friends, there's a power when we, in our little faith, when things don't make sense, when things are crazy, when I feel like I made too much mistakes. God, you can't redeem me. I already made so much mistake. God is saying, don't worry. I know and I got you covered. I am with you. Here it is, this, this is revealing, this is a word, uh, a quote from what Jesus, who he was about. He becomes our example. He becomes uh, greater than Mary and Joseph. Jesus lived a life of saying, Father, your will be done. What made Jesus so powerful was no different than you and I. The secret to what made Jesus amazing was that he every day had one goal. I want to do the work of God. As crazy as it is, I leave every agenda, every priority aside, and I say, Jesus, have your way. That's the only way that made him amazing. That's how you and I can be the same. But this is what it says. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he says, sacrifice and offering you did not desire. Sacrifice and offering, we're talking about the law of Moses, the, 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 the first way that God gave the people to come and be reconciled to him. But instead of body you prepare for me, he means his own body, he himself. With, soft, with burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. There's a common denominator, common factor, common characteristic that everyone who overcame this world, everyone who made an impact, influence in this life has in common is that phrase. Do your will. Mary, she clearly knew if this happens, she's going to lose. She's going to potentially lose Joseph. She's going to lose her place in society, all of her, everything, you know, uh, wedding out of, you know, uh, I mean, having a child out of timing. You're not prepared, you know. But knowing all of that, she said, your will be done. Same for Joseph. He was about to do what was honorable, protect her, just deal with it. Just with a human wisdom, with all virtue, he was going to abort this plan, divorce her quietly, as if nothing happened. But then God said, no, 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 this is my will. And Joseph said, let your will be done. Friends, you may be in a place like Joseph where your circumstances are clearly telling you God's not in control. It's clearly telling you 
God can't help you. But this good news about this season is, no, no, no. God is working, and he has been working, and he wants to work in your life. And just like the message came through the angels, he's inviting you to say, hey, I know this sounds crazy, but will you say yes to my plans and my purposes? And at that moment, you can say, God, what you've been planning since the beginning of time, the world, I want to be part of it. Or you can say, God, no thank you. Thank you, but no thank you. It is your choice. This gift that God gives us on this Christmas Sunday, it's a choice. He doesn't force it. He doesn't, you know, put implant it. He doesn't tie you with it. He doesn't, like, force it down your throat. He simply says, will you say yes? As I close this sermon, I want to in- introduce to you what I believe God is doing in our community, in our church. God is indeed making a, a way in when there seems to be no way. I want to tell you guys, as crazy and as defeated you might think, as depressed you may be, as, 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 as uh, sad as you may be about how your, the condition of your life right now, your finance, can you believe that God's plan is bigger than that? And that he is working a plan to even include your story in this uh, mess of history that we have before us. Here is, you're about to see for the first time, Christ UMC's English ministry model for 2023. Are you guys ready? What you're about to see is going to be our banner, our goal. Everything we do as a church is going to be defined by this goal. Here it is. Ta-da-da. Just like Jesus. Yes. And the beautiful thing is uh, you will discover two things next year. You will discover that you actually are made new already just like Jesus. But then also you get to demonstrate that. You get to reveal. You get to manifest who you really are. People will see that you're just like Christ. That's what our church is going to be. Every single one of us, this is where our goal is. And I'm not just the one making this up. It's backed by scripture. Romans 8, verse 28, 30. It says, and we know that in all things, in all things, Mary losing her uh, virginity by the Holy Spirit doesn't make sense. People are going to ridicule her. They're not going to believe her. She could have lost her marriage. Joseph, a virtuous man, going against what he believes, doing something he's never done before. He says, in all things, in, in, in the financial collapse that's happening right now, in when, even when you have a disease and God doesn't answer you and you, you keep getting sicker and sicker, in all things, God works for the good of who? Those who love him. Those who choose and say, it doesn't make sense. I hate this God, but I say thank you. I am your servant. Those who have been called according to his purpose. His purpose, his beginning of time, he had a plan that through Jesus Christ, you are going to be an instrument in saving the world, changing the world, transforming, discipling nations. That's the purpose. And he says here, what is that purpose? For those God foreknew, he also predestined since beginning of time. That's what living is about, is understanding God's time, that he has a plan in the mess of this. This life does not matter. Everything in this life, only what he's doing matters. And he's saying, this is what I'm doing. He predestined. Why? He predestined you. He gave you life so you can be conformed to the image of his son. This is what's on God's number one mind right now. 
When he looks at the world, he doesn't care what the evil people are doing. He doesn't care what they're doing with crypto. He doesn't care what the evil people are doing to destroy this planet and burn it along with Satan and the, and the, and the angels. He's caring about who will become like my son. When he looks at the church, he doesn't care what we do in the church. He's saying, who in this church wants to become like my son? Not just on Sunday, but on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, when your boss is mistreating you, when your spouse has cheated on you, when your kids have rebelled against you, who will become conformed to my image? The good thing, as he says, is he says that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, meaning we're the first, that you consider it privileged that God came to you, revealed himself, this thing first to you because he's going to do it to every other person. For all people, he wants every children to be born again into the image of God, overcome this world, and join him in the everlasting glory. And what's so beautiful is verse 30, or the 30, it says, And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. It means this it's a wordy thing that simply means he, he had a plan to, to, to develop you, to form you into his image, that the fullness of God, the pure glory of God will shine through you and I. That's why you're alive, friends. If you don't understand this, life sucks. Life doesn't make sense. But in everything you're going through, God is saying, I see your failure. I see your shortcomings. Don't worry. I'm going to glorify you. I'm going to transform you. That's what I'm about. Ooh, I was in the, was I on the wrong? I love that. Just like Jesus. What is the Holy Spirit doing? His main work today in this earth is raising up his people. The reason why he hasn't come back is we still need time. We cannot grow to be like Jesus in heaven. It's too late. There's not going to be any more temptation. There's not going to be a choice to choose wrong anymore. But right now we have plenty of choice, 24-7. You can choose to do wrong. And he's saying, I'm giving you hours and hours and hours and hours, seasons and seasons, because I want you to take that and say, God, let's go. I don't care how old I am. I'm 90, God. I, I just have maybe a, a few more years to left. doesn't matter. The same goal and destination for you is the same for a child that was born just three days ago. The Holy Spirit is saying, I want to raise up my people to look like me, to be mature and be like Jesus everywhere, just like Jesus. He's doing the same. The same Holy Spirit that hovered over Mary and the DNA of God was placed into a, a human, a frail human. Today, the same Spirit is here to say, I'm going to put all of the DNA of God Almighty in a human being, you and me. We're chosen. We're called for this purpose. God has a plan. Your mess, your sorrow, your sad life, it's all part of God's bigger plan if you understand what he wants to do with your life. Let's pray together. So God, I thank you. This is your gift. A life world cannot offer. Money cannot buy this. Exercise, discipline, good works, good thinking, good intentions. It fails. But Jesus, you came to this earth. You died on the cross to simply say, take it. This glory of God is a gift. This eternal life, becoming like Christ, like myself, so that you will have the full authority that I have, so that you will have the full power that I have. You don't have to work for it. It's a gift. I simply want you to believe. I simply want you to say, yes, Lord. As crazy as it is, as untimely, as inconvenient as what you're trying to do in my life is, 
I say, thank you, Jesus. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.